Jesus' name. And everyone said, again, I'm teaching the message called All In. I love this text because as you look at Jesus, I like Jesus didn't roll solo. The guy that was here, of course, from Africa, uh, Cape Town, Africa this past Sunday, the title of his message was called Two is Better Than One. Even Jesus didn't roll by himself, amen. He, he put together a team. And it's interesting because when you read the beginning of the chapter of four, he comes right out of a wilderness because God can't do nothing until you go through a wilderness. I'm sick of folk that want to get promoted, propelled, and dimensions and all that. But you got to be, you don't go from the promised land. I'm sorry, you don't go from, from Egypt to the promised land. You got to go through a wilderness. You got to go through a dry and desolate place. Then when you come out of your dry and desolate place, then that's when you start walking in favor and you can put your team together. And so we see him putting a team together. He comes out of the wilderness. Even look what he says in verse 17. It says, from the time Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And then verse 18, it says, and Jesus, he walked in the sea. And then he saw the two brothers, Simon, called Peter, Andrew, his brother, cast it into the net, for they were fishermen. So he, and then the 19, and then he said to them, follow me, and I'm going to make you fishermen of men immediately. Somebody say immediately. They didn't, some things you don't even need to pray about. I got to go pray about that. Sometimes you ain't even got to pray. Sometimes it just makes sense to bust a move. That's what God told Abraham to do. He basically told Abraham, Abraham, if you change your environment, I'm going to bless you. Some of y'all had to get delivered from certain zip codes. Can I get a witness? Because if you stayed in that zip code, it probably would have caused you to crumble. I was with a gentleman this past Saturday. He owns 11 establishments. And he had a $100,000 watch on. I said, oh, God, Jesus, how you do that? Well, when you own 11 establishments, I was like, dang, I bought my little Nixon for $400. I thought I did something when I turned 40. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. Then he rolled out in something real nice. I was like, what is that? They said, that's a Rolls Royce. I said, oh. <laughs> But my point is this, he grew up in a small town and he knew that he only had four options, janitor, work on base, and he named two other things and he said he knew he had to leave, that he had to change his environment and to get exposed to another side of God in California. And then, because what you don't get by revelation, you get by association. So in other words, he even had to leave his nets. Sometimes you got to leave what's familiar. And we see here in the text that Jesus goes out and he seeks out these individuals. And the Bible says that he said, come on, follow me. I'm going to teach you how to be fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. And immediately, somebody say immediately. They left their nets and they followed him. They were all in. They were all in. My point tonight is this. People that are all in are people that sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. People that are all in are people that sacrifice. The word sacrifice means to give up something that you value. Sometimes that's hard. That means you might have to leave a family member that you value. You might have to go from seeing them every week to seeing them two times a year. Anybody in that season? Whole lot of y'all up in here, because I know a whole lot of y'all ain't from Arizona. Amen? So they had, to, he, they had to leave. They left immediately their nets. They left their occupation. 
the, the, the thing that was paying their bills, they walked away from it and jumped on board with a Jesus that was somewhat unstable. Because they thinking, well, where you get your money from? But they left what was familiar. Sometimes you got to leave what's familiar. Mm-hmm. And then it says, and they followed him. And then, uh, look at this. Then it says, and, and look at the latter part of verse 21. It says, he called them. And, and then it says, and then verse 22 says, and immediately they left the, their boat and their father. Dang. That's kind of cold. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do. They left their boat, their net, and they left daddy. Sometimes you got to leave daddy and them. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you got to leave mom and them. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me tonight. Somebody say all in. Sometime in order to prove that you all in. What did Jesus, see, remember they came to the temple looking for Jesus, and they said, hey, Jesus, your mother and brother's outside looking for you. He said, he looked at them, he said, who is my mother? He said, who is my brother? Them that do the will of my father. Even some of us in this building get along with our, our fellow brother Christians and sister, brothers and sisters in the Lord, then we do our own family members. That's biblical. Jesus said, who is my mother? He was clowning. Come on, somebody. He was literally letting you know sometimes you got to diss some of your family members. That brother's like, who is? Come on, somebody. <laughs> I honor you, but I got to create boundaries with you because you're crazy. The Bible says to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. He's telling you, you better connect with somebody that's all in. Somebody say all in. What you look like, here it is, you committed, you're a person that sacrifices, and then you marry somebody that's half-heartedly going after God. I'm going to teach him, Pastor. Maybe he's going to teach you something. Maybe he's going to teach you how to go to church once a month when you was going every Sunday, two Sundays. You was going to two services. <laughs> now all of a sudden, but listen. Sacrifice is the key. The word sacrifice, again, means to give up something that you value. These gentlemen decided to give up not only their net, their boat, and they walked away from their father to follow Jesus. I believe that, that when you begin to sacrifice, because I believe that you and I are getting ready to step into this season called ridiculous favor. I mentioned it when I prayed. I believe we're getting ready to live in a state of favor, but it's for people that are all in. Somebody say all in. I'm talking about people that have sacrificed, people that have left some things behind, that have left some things that, let, that you've let go, that you valued. And believe me, God watches that stuff when you look, because look at let's, let's look at this real quick. It's interesting because we see these gentlemen, they did it immediately, but then Jesus asked somebody else to do it, and they didn't want to do it. Go to Matthew uh, 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 chapter 10 real quick, uh, verse 17. This is a very sad story. Look at this real quick. Matthew chapter uh, 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 10. Look at this. Uh, uh, Matthew chapter 10. Mm -hmm. Look at this real quick. Oh, I'm sorry. Go to Mark. Mark, Mark, Mark. I believe it's Mark. Go to Mark. Go to Mark uh, chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Look at this. Uh, uh, look at 17. It says, uh, now as he was going out on the road, one came running 
he knelt down before him and he asked him, he said, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And so Jesus said to him, why do you uh, call me good? No one is good but one, and that is, the, that is God. You know the commandments. Then he says, do, do, you, do you not commit adultery? Do you not murder, steal, uh, bear false witness? Do, do not uh, defraud, honor uh, your father and your mother? And he answered, he said to him, teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. And then Jesus, looking at him, he loved him. And he said to him, one thing you lack, go sell. He said, go your way, sell whatever you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Come and take up your cross and follow me. But he said to him, or, but, 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 he, but he was sad at his word, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. See, this gentleman was stuck on stuff. He didn't want to sacrifice. He didn't want to give up anything of any value. And isn't it interesting that Jesus said, go give it to the poor and then even sell some of it. It's not like he told him to give it all away. He was basically telling him, go ahead and sell some of it and make some profit off of it. Matter of fact, bring, I ain't going to leave you high and dry and broke. I want you to bring a few dollars with you while you follow me. Is that what he told him? Because he said, go give it away and sell it. This is called a tightwad spirit. Oh, Jesus. Uh-oh. I didn't make somebody nervous. <laughs> That's called a non-tithing spirit. Uh-oh. Have I become your enemy? Because <laughs> I tell you the truth. You know, that's Galatians chapter 4, verse 16. But we're not going to get into that today. Listen, at the end of the day, isn't it sad that here it is, this brother had it going on. He wasn't an adulteress. He, 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 I mean, he wasn't a fornicator. I mean, for the most part, he was a disciplined man. But he didn't want to release his stuff. He didn't want to be all in. And even Jesus still loved him, but he knew exactly where he fell short in the Benjamin department, the finance department. Didn't want to release nothing. And then, look at this. Then it says, it says, uh, 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 uh. Then Jesus looked around and he said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter into the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches. See, that was the joker's problem is that he trusted in his riches. God wants to give you riches, but he doesn't want you to trust in the riches. You trust the one that gave you the riches. You don't put your trust in the Benjamins. You put your trust in God. He's El Shaddai. He's the God of more than enough. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. Let's never get this thing twisted. Then it says, uh, 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 then, it's, then it goes on. It says, uh, 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 it's hard for those who have riches to enter to the kingdom of God. And his disciples were astonished at this. Uh, and he said to them, children, how hard it is for those who are rich to enter to the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished and saying, they were greatly astonished saying among themselves, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and he said, with men, it's impossible. But with God, somebody say, but with God, for with God, all things are possible. In other words, you still can be rich and be in the kingdom. Because you got God as your priority. It's kingdom first and everything second. Amen? 
Then look at this. It gets interesting in verse 28. Then Peter began to say to him, see, we left all and followed you. And so Jesus answered and said, surely I say to you, there is no one who has left house, brothers, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, or lands for the sake of the gospel who shall not receive a hundredfold now. Somebody say now. And this time. Somebody say this time. He's saying if you make me priority, if you sacrifice for me and put everybody else second. I love my wife, but she's second. I love my children, but they're second. I love my church, but it's second. It's second to who? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's all Jesus is saying. He ain't saying leave your wife. He's not saying leave your children. He's just saying at the end of the day, when it comes down to the getting down, I need to be priority. So we see here in the text, Peter got it. Even though Peter was a hothead and was cutting off ears and denying Christ, at least he didn't have a problem with sacrificing. Because he was one of the ones that left his nets. He's the one that left his boat. He left his occupation a steady income to walk with an unstable Jesus. That if you didn't know where your money was coming from, that's why I, I appreciate people that work in full-time ministry because full-time ministry can be unstable. I don't know how many times I've let my staff cash their checks and I had to tell me and my kids and my wife, we can't cash ours because the money's funny right now. Now, we ain't had that happen in a while. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. But before we moved in this building, and when we moved in this building, there was a few times I couldn't even cash my check because of the tightwads in the church. People that don't like sacrificing. Amen? It is what it is. But the Lord has been good to me. Mm-hmm. He's trust me with true riches. Millions of dollars. And I believe sometime God will test me to see if I'm going to have the hissy fit because I can't cash my check. But I love me some Philippians 4.12. Put it up real quick. See, that's why, see, if you want to be blessed, you got to pass the Philippians 4. See, we always quote Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ. No, let's look what verse 12 said. It says, now, I, I, I know how to be a base. I know how to be a bow. Amen? In other words, I've been in both states, with and without. It didn't change my praise. It didn't change my worship. It didn't change my daily devotion to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I, I, I wasn't in the bed thinking, am I still going to go to church? Because it's not about the money. It's about the kingdom of God. It's not about chasing after God's hand. I'm trying to raise up people that will chase his face. And if you chase his face, he'll start releasing stuff from his hand into your life. Somebody need to give God a praise in this place. Look at your neighbor and say, are you all in? Said abound, put the rest of it up. For I know how to, Paul let it be known, abound in the base. Then it says, everywhere and in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry. See, there was times where if things weren't going that great in the ministry for Paul, he'll start building some tents. Come on, Jesus was a carpenter. Come on, if things go south, I'll go back to being a telemarketer. I got the gift of gab. I'll get on the phone and I'll convince them there's value in a cigarette butt. You're going to buy this today. What's your credit card number? 
<laughs> Shoot, I worked at UPS. I'll go, I'll go unload some boxes. I ain't going back to that, though. The devil is a lie. There's a certain things we ain't. I ain't going back to Burger King. The devil is a lie. <laughs> That's why I'm about to get my two-year degree in, in counseling. Be charging people three hundred dollars an hour. You want to see me? I, I, I'm a I'm a professional counselor now. I'm gonna give you the word, and I'm gonna talk to you intellectually. I'm gonna tell you why your brain is all scrambled up and all messed up. Help you get it all back connected, back together. <laughs> I know it's been a couple of hours talking about that, but nevertheless, Peter said to him, "See, I've left all." And I followed you. I love that. Peter was like, wait a minute. We don't have the issue like him. We, we don't mind sacrificing. And I love what Jesus said. Look at this one more time before we move on. It says in verse 30, who shall receive a hundredfold now in this time? Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands. Then it says with persecution. So anytime God begins to take you into another state of his favor, there's going to be persecution. You got to be okay with it. That's where you got to be delivered from people. Because people are going to talk. The minute God begins to bless you, everybody's not going to celebrate you. Some folks are going to be hating. You tell your haters, don't hate, congratulate, don't hate, celebrate what God did for me. He will do for you. You need to just celebrate what God has done in my life so he can go ahead and hook you up. Come on. And then look at verse 31. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. See, some things are going to, see, as you continue to sacrifice, watch how things begin to shift. Watch how God's favor begins to shift in your favor. Watch how you begin to walk in ridiculous favor. But you'll never get there if you don't sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. So number one, people that are all in are people that sacrifice. Let's not like, be like the young rich ruler. Let's not be a tightwad. Let's be people that sacrifice. Let's look at number two. Go to Luke chapter 9, uh, verse 58 real quick. Luke chapter 9, verse 58. Look at this real quick. Luke chapter 9. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Next verse. Then it says, then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. Next verse. Jesus said to him, let, let the dead buried their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Now, wait a minute. Let's stop for a minute. That's kind of cold-blooded. Jesus didn't even want this dude to go back and bury his father. He's like, Jesus, listen, let me, go, let me go handle this real quick. We got to square my dad away. He's like, no, no, no. You know why I think he came at him like that? He was saying, I appreciate you wanting to be loyal to your dad, but you need to be more loyal to me. He was letting him know, you know what? seemed like your allegiance is somewhat split. In other words, he was even saying, listen, maybe you're struggling with procrastination. So he came at him like that. I'm like, man, Jesus, why let the brother just go back? He's going to come. And, and Jesus like, no, nah, man, you need to come now. Let somebody else do that. That's how we need to be sometime with some family members. The person that's called you for the hundred and one time, asking you for $100, you need to let that be on somebody else. Tell them, I got to put this in church. You messing with my tithe and offering money. <laughs> Let that be your excuse. Amen? Because how many of you know there are people in your family and outside of your family that are takers and collectors, not reciprocating nothing? Sometimes that gets old. Can I get a witness up in here? 
When you even see on the call ID, you're like, oh, I know why they call him. They definitely ain't calling to see how I'm doing. Can I get a witness up in here? <laughs> Go to the next verse. Then it says, and you will, then it says, uh, and, and another also said, Lord, I'm going to follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are in my house. Jesus said, no. Then it says, and another also said, Lord, uh, 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 go to the next verse, verse 62. Then it says, but Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit. Somebody say fit. For the kingdom of God. Now, let me help somebody real quick because I was talking to a friend a couple of weeks ago, and he thought that this meant that you're not fit to go to heaven. Really, to be honest with you, none of us ain't fit. Thank God. That's why we was preaching on he got up. And because he got up, now we don't have any more condemnation. Because he got up, we become one with him. Because he got up, we have a ministry now. Because he got up, we have authority. And because he got up, we have grace now. So where there's sin, his grace is abounding much more, amen? His divinity is trying to hook up with our humanity. His righteousness is trying to hook up with our wretchedness. So really, in actuality, none of us are fit. The Bible even says the righteous will scarcely make it in. So this text does, has nothing to do with heaven. It says the kingdom of God. Go back to the text, Luke 62. Look at this, Luke 9, 62. Look at this, Luke chapter 9, uh, verse uh, 62. Go back real quick, Luke chapter 9. It says, Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit. That word fit just means you haven't made yourself equipped or suitable for his kingdom. In other words, he's saying, listen, I want to maximize your potential in my kingdom, but I can't because you're half-heartedly going after me. You haven't given me your all. It's just like certain athletes that, that, that were bust. We call him a bust. Like they don't even call Reggie Bush his name, by his name more. They don't call him Reggie Bush. They call him Reggie Bus. Because he's a bust because he was a phenomenal college athlete. He was a great college athlete at USC, but he's been average in the NFL. The good thing is he's still getting the check. Can I get a witness up in here? I mean, he has not met a lot of our expectations, but I guarantee his bank account is meeting his. Nowadays, all you got to do is Google. I'm sure his stuff is better than everybody up in here. My point is this, that sometime in order to go to your next dimension, you got to keep your hands to the plow. That means that you even have a human responsibility to get your life in alignment with God. There are some things that are not on God. It's on you. Disciplining your body is not on God. It's on you. That's 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Paul said, but I discipline my body. Let's, they, they, but I, somebody say I. That means it's on you. He says, but I. It didn't say God going to discipline your body. If that's the case, if God was the one doing it, we wouldn't have robbers in the earth. We wouldn't have pedophiles in the earth. Sometimes we always say God is in control. Sometimes God ain't in control. Because if God was in control, why are we still crazy sometimes? If you want to, you can, after church, you can cuss somebody out. Because really, he's given you all authority. He's given you the keys to the kingdom. But what happens is, and sometimes instead of using the keys, we come, we operate from our humanness. 
Can I get a witness? Anybody been there before? I'm not even talking about your BC days. I'm talking about AC after Christ. After you didn't have an encounter with the Holy Ghost, you still acted out of character and went off on somebody. <laughs> but then you realize, you know what? I got to tighten that up. Sometime, sometime I believe uh, failure is good sometime. Sometimes trial and error is a good teacher because it teaches us, okay, I can't do that again. I don't want to go down that road again. Because at the end of the day, I put, the, put it up right real quick. Uh, 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 oh, but look, we'll stay right here. I was going to go back to 62. But, look, but I discipline my body and I bring it under subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So you can be disqualified in the kingdom of God. Because you haven't done what you're supposed to do on your end. Now go back to Luke 9, 62. These, these scriptures go hand in hand. No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit. Again, fit means you haven't equipped yourself. You haven't made yourself suitable. Then it says, so you're not fit for the kingdom of God. So God is saying, because you're lukewarm, you haven't given your all to me, I can't do a whole lot with you. Put up Revelation 3, 16. Look at this, Revelation now, this is kind of a scary scripture. Look at this real quick. Revelation. It says, so then because you are lukewarm, you're not hot or cold, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. God is saying, because your allegiance is split, I can't really do nothing with you. Which is my second point is that, see, people that are all in are people that are loyal. So, number one, sacrifice. And when you're all in, you're a person that sacrifices. When you're all in, that means you're loyal. You, anybody want to be, I want to be fit. I want to be equipped. I want to be suitable for God. I don't want to miss. See, I've learned too that in order for God to really use you, you got to be a good steward over your season. Because seasons come and go. Galatians 6 and 9 says, don't grow weary in well-doing for and do, do, do season. It says you will reap if you Thank not, but there are some seasons that might not even manifest because you're not fit. Pastor, a friend of mine told me, he said, Pastor, still out. I wish I had a church big like y'all. I'm 15 years old and I still got 40 members. I said, You know what? You might want to stay right there because you're not fit for the thousands, because you might not be able to breathe at this level. Because if we don't have a couple hundred thousand dollars come through here every month, some folks going to get fired. And I ain't firing myself. <laughs> but God has been good because if it's his deal, it's his bill. God has been phenomenal. But at the end of the day, I told my friend, you know, you, you might see he's got 40 members. And he said about 30 of them tithe. And he says, I'm full time. I don't have to work myself. I said, bro, you might want to stay right there. Because when you start hiring folk and all of that. That's a whole different ball game. We got over 30 people that work on staff at Kingdom. We were in our staff meeting yesterday. There's about 16, 17 of us. We hanging out at the table because I paid my people on the 5th and the 20th. I saw all my musicians coming in. I knew why they was coming. Oh, y'all, y'all like, we can put them on blast because they don't play for free. Can I get a witness, Sean? He ain't coming down here for no free. He making money right now. I need to hurry up. He on the aisle right now. <laughs> See? <laughs> and I'm closing. Mm. 
$7.59. No, but I got smart. I told him, you ain't going to just be playing my organ. Matter of fact, you coming in on Mondays. He calling all my first-time visitors. We had, what, 27, Sean? He called, I talked to him. He called them all. Amen. He want to set up a thing where he begins to meet them, talk to them on the phone. He asked them pros and cons. What did you like about Kingdom? What didn't you like? I love that because we want to cater to our customer. Come on, at Applebee's, they got, what did you, how was your service today? We want people to come back. We had 311 people join the church between January and March. That's a blessing. It's because we're trying to cater to who comes through these doors. Amen. We, but at the end of the day, we want to raise up people that sacrifice. We want to raise up people that are loyal. And you can't be loyal. See, the whole point that, he was, that Jesus was trying to drive home was that you should get, we should, he wants us to be loyal. What he was saying, the man that looks back is not fit for the kingdom. I could go more into that, but let's get to the last point. Let's go to uh, Romans 8.33. So number one, people that are all in are people that sacrifice. People that are all in are people that are loyal. And then the last one is people that are all in are people that are persuaded. Somebody say persuaded. Let's go to this. Let's go to uh, Romans, was it 8 and, and, and 33? Go to 31. I love this. It's my favorite scripture in the Bible, verse 31. Look at this. If you ever want to know your pastor's favorite scripture, it's right here. This is my go-to scripture when I find myself between a rock and a hard place. How many of you know it's important to have a go-to scripture when you find yourself in a jam? This is my go-to scripture. What then shall we say, this, say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Why are you falling out? God got your back. You're his seed. You're his righteousness in the earth. So he says, what, what shall we say then? If God is for us, who can be against us? Next verse. Then it says, uh, uh, he who did not spare his own son, but he delivered him up for us all. Isn't that awesome that he spared him for us? It says, for he did not spare his own son, but it says, but he delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Oh, that'll preach. I wasn't even trying to go there. How would he not freely give you everything that you want? When he said in Psalm 37 and 4, if you delight yourself in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. And verse 5 says, if you trust me and commit your way to me, I'll bring it to pass. How many of you believe that he will bring it to pass? That he will freely give you all things. There it is right there. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also, and he will bring it to pass. But look at this. Then it says, in verse, go to verse 33. This is where I wanted to start. Who shall bring a charge? Against God's elect. It is God who justifies. Don't you let somebody be hanging stuff over your head. Tell them, shoot, I'm, that's who I used to be now. I'm a, I'm a, that was my history. I'm in my destiny now. And now that I'm in my destiny, I'm a person that believes in sacrificing. I'm loyal to God. Just, I believe part of the reason why God preserved us, because he knew if we were loyal to Satan, he knew eventually we'd be loyal to him. How many of y'all, be, be honest, was loyal to Satan? If Satan said, go do this, you wouldn't did it. Can I get a witness up here? That voice would say, go do this, and you knew it was wrong, but you go do it anyway. God said, I'm going I'm to flip the script one day in their life. Just like they sacrificed for the enemy, just like they were loyal to Pookie and Ray Ray and them, 
I know one day I'm going to flip the script. I'm going to put them in a different environment where they'll be loyal and sacrifice for me. So go, 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 go to this. Then it says, uh, 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 he who, who, who is condemned, or it says, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, is also risen, who is even the right, at the right hand of, the, of God, who also makes intercession for us. Verse 30, then it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, our distress, persecution? You can't let stress, stress, distress, stress separate you from the love of God or persecution because somebody says something about you. You need to get over your marshmallow emotions. Your skin is too thin. You need to get some, you need to let God devil proof you. You got to be able to take it on the chin. Nobody want no chump in their circle. I know that's a 1970 term. But y'all understand what I said. Come on, somebody. Then it says, so, so shall tribulation, because you're going through trials, you're going to fall out and miss your season. All of a sudden, I'm not going to be persuaded no more because I hit a wall or the devil threw a curveball at me. Well, hit a home run. So tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, because you're going through a famine. All oh, when the recession jumped off, folks was falling out. Pastor, what are we going to do? I said, we ain't going to doubt in the drought. I did an eight-week series called Don't Doubt in the Drought. Like, like this is new. Like, we just term it different. Recession. It was a famine we went through back in 08, 09. And it passed over. We still standing. We still having church. Next verse. Then it says, uh, it is written for your sake, we shall kill all the day long. We are counted as sheep of slaughter. Next verse. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him. Somebody say through him. Who loved us. We're more than conquerors. When you look up the word conqueror, what it denotes, you'll see it when you look it up. It means to be super victorious. Not just victorious, but super. Somebody say super. See, when you find yourself between a rock and a hard place, somebody asks you, how's things going? You better be like super. You're not lying. You're just calling things that be not. As though they were, amen? Then go, go, let's go on. Then it says, for I'm persuaded. Paul said, I'm persuaded. I am persuaded. In other words, Paul was letting it be known, I'm all in. Peter was letting it be known, listen, I left my nets, I left my boat, I left my father. He was letting it be known, I'm all in. Then it says, I'm persuaded neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities. Because see, as God takes you higher, they say new levels, new devils. I've heard people try to say new levels, same devil. No, 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 no. Those devils intensify. I, I, and the reason why I can say that is I don't fight swap meat devils no more. I don't fight cafeteria demons anymore. Now that I'm on a mega level, there's mega devils that try to come to try to convince you. You ain't persuaded. <laughs> like the devil is a lie. I got to remind the devil every once in a while I'll be preaching this January for 20 years and going to do another 20. And then if God, God tarry, another 20. Ain't no retiring in ministry. I just transition. Did you catch that? 
Remember, I told you I'm going to be a counselor. $300 an hour. You better talk fast. <laughs> now let me get to my... <laughs> that was funny. No, no, you know what I plan on doing after pastoring? My goal is to, to pastor other pastors like I do even now, but on another level. Just like yesterday, I was with a pastor yesterday mentoring him, and then tomorrow at 12 o'clock I got to meet another pastor, gentlemen. Then we got somebody flying in. Is that this Sunday or next Sunday from, from Alabama because they need to be mentored. So that's my heart is to mentor other pastors, to be a pastor to pastors. That's what I want to do. Amen. That's what I love doing. Amen. Because I want to see other guys succeed. Amen. But it says, for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So people that are all in are people that sacrifice, people that are loyal, and people that are persuaded. I believe that as we are shifting as a church and God is evolving and growing us, I believe if we do these three things, if we continue to sacrifice and be loyal to God and continue to stay persuaded, I believe God's going to freely give you whatever you want. I believe he will give you the desires of your heart. I believe if you trust him and stay committed to him, he said he will bring it to pass. And what I love about God's word is Isaiah 55 and 11. He says, my word will not return back void. God's word works if you work it. Let's work his word, people of God, because if you work his word, that's when he will do exceedingly, abundantly, above, more than you can even imagine or even think. How many of you received that in this building on today? Somebody say, all in. I don't care how it looks. You tell the devil, I'm all in. I don't care if you're between a rock and a hard place. You tell the devil, you know what? I'm all in. If my money ain't touching and agreeing, I'm all in. Paul said, abound or abase. He was letting it be known, I am all in. Stay persuaded. Keep sacrificing. Stay loyal. Keep your hands to the plow. Don't look back. Looking back can't be an option. Paul said, I'm forgetting those things that are what? Behind me. He says, I'm pressing, I'm reaching toward the things that are before me. Go ahead and bow your heads. Father, I cover your people tonight. Lord, I thank you that we're leaving out of here even more persuasive.